Hi there, I'm Robert Fleming, one of the partners at the Tucson, Arizona elder law firm of Fleming and Curdy PLC. I'm sitting here with one of the other partners, Elizabeth Noble Rawlings Freeman, and you're listening to Elder Law Issues, where once a week we get together and talk about, well, it's kind of crazy given our title, but we talk about elder law issues. One of them that has come to the forefront for me personally and in our practice several times in the last few weeks that I wanted to talk about this week, Elizabeth, is what to do when the unexpected happens, when when a parent who has been fading suddenly has a dramatic deterioration in capacity, or uh, one half of a couple dies and the, and the surviving spouse is just not equipped to handle things, or uh, there's a, a younger person who doesn't have a lot of support in the community who has a fall or some event and they're not completely incapacitated, but they are really set back and they need some help with, with uh, transition back into the home. What, what kinds of plans can people make for those circumstances? Well, Robert, that depends on each family what's really right for them. Across the board, though, I would say it's important to have a, a plan in mind that's kind of in your back pocket. Do you have a case manager or an agency that you've already met with that you like that can help? So in the event that, for instance, somebody has an accident and is in the hospital, you could call the private case manager and say, oh my gosh, you know, my husband had a tumble today. He was sent to the hospital. I don't know what we need to do. I need somebody to help explain to me what's going on. I'm concerned about being a good advocate. And then arranging for home care or rehab. What kind of caregiver should be in my house? Do I need to have grab bars in my bathroom? You know, These are all the kinds of questions that start flooding through people's mind as soon as there's an emergency. And one of the things we try and do for folks when we're working with them on their estate plans is to make sure that there is a agent under a healthcare power of attorney who is competent and ready to serve. There's a backup to that agent if that agent's not able to serve in the in the moment when they're needed. And that there's really quite a bit of discretion that's provided to the agent to help make that kind of a care plan, hopefully not under an emergency circumstance, but when needed. I know that one of the stories that gives rise to this conversation was in your your neighborhood where you actually live rather than just somebody related to our office. Uh, an older but not really senior, you know, it, it, when like me you hit your 70s, you begin to think of old as being, oh, I don't know, 90, 95. So somebody who is older than me, but not as old as my mother, for instance, um, had a fall and has out-of-town children and nobody in town to take care of her. And, uh, and one of the problems that they face in that circumstance is the very time when they need to be able to make arrangements for caretakers and oversee the caretakers, make sure they're not being overcharged, make sure that they're competent and, and, uh, and they're being watched closely. That's the very time when you can't do it because you're the subject of their care. I think, Robert, that it's so true and it's tender. You know, you have these unexpected moments. I live in a neighborhood full of really loving, very connected people. And um, folks really come together, whether it's helping bring somebody some soup or taking somebody to the hospital, picking up somebody's dog, um, calling somebody's children. You know, I'm fortunate to live in that kind of community. But what I would tell people 
is that it's really important if you have a relative who you are responsible for providing care for in an emergency, so if you're that person's agent under healthcare power of attorney, you have a go plan if there's an emergency because you're not going to be able to get back on an airplane in a heartbeat. You're going to need to have somebody to call to really help triage the situation. And you know what, Robert? I hate to tell it to you, but it should not be the close, close friend that's been helping your mother every day for the past two years. It's actually a professional, somebody who is experienced in the caregiving and care planning realm. Although I know your mother's friend is would love to be helpful, it all of a sudden can become very overwhelming for people when they're put in a situation, not the friend shoes, but the shoes of somebody who is upholding some kinds of fiduciary duties. That that can be really uncomfortable for people. So I encourage folks to think ahead, not to surprise somebody with those duties all in one unexpected moment. Well, and, and the other case that came through our doors recently that makes me think in sort of the same vein as a husband and wife who have done their advanced directives. They've signed health care and financial powers of attorney. They've named one another as their agents. They are former clients, longtime clients of Fleming and Curdy, and they named us as their alternate agent and the successor trustee on their trust. But as so often happens, the well spouse is the one who died first, and the less capable spouse is suddenly thrust into a position of trying to manage their life. We didn't know anything was going on because the well spouse was taking care of everything and didn't need us. So um, neighbors end up stepping in and taking care of things for a period of weeks or months. And I don't mean to particularly complain about this case, but just to observe that even people who have made plans will often find that the uh, that the imposition on the neighbors uh, ends up being significant if you have not really carefully thought through exactly what's going to happen in the event that you or you and your spouse become incapacitated. And Robert, I, I think it's important for people to understand paying your neighbor's daughter $20 a day to come and walk the dog, sort your mail, help you unpack your groceries, that's not good enough. In this case, the neighbors are acting at no charge. They're doing a ton of work. They're very good people. They, they mean well, they're doing well, but it's a lot of work and they're not getting paid for it. And the other person who ends up doing a lot of the heavy lifting is the house cleaner who has suddenly become a caregiver. She's not trained for it, not particularly interested in doing it, doesn't have that much time but everybody scrambles for for an extended period of time. And Robert, that's what I mean about the neighbor's daughter coming over and, yep. and helping for $20 a day doing these tasks. That is not a sustainable plan. And I think people have a real fear of paying for services related to care. And the thought of having to start to spend money on yourself or even a parent's home care can be pretty terrifying because as we know, many times you'll see agencies charging 26, 28, 32, $34 an hour and higher. Sometimes you can see private caregivers on a payroll coming in closer to something like 17 or 18 an hour, but it's still sizable chunk of change over time. 
Well, you know what? That's part of getting older. I'm sorry. <laughs> you've got you. That's part of the care plan is you've got to make sure that your resources are ready to be used. And you know, Robert, if it's outside of your budget, that's a perfect time to plan ahead even further in advance. Because just relying on your long-term care plan and the $1,300 a month you get from Social Security, that's going to put people in a difficult position too. We hear it from our clients all the time that they don't want to spend money on their current needs because they're saving it for a rainy day. And I'm very frequently leaning across the table and saying to people, it's pouring right now. That's why you saved all that money. That's why you pinched pennies for your whole life is so that you could take care of your needs at, at the point where it came due. And it, it, you're right. It is hard for people to understand that sometimes they have to pay for that care management, care oversight. Um, but, uh, but that needs to be done. So I guess that's really the message of our conversation today is that one of the things that you need to be prepared for in your plan is the significant and maybe continuing cost of care management, which is going to improve the quality of your life at the end, at or near the end of your life. And Robert, we have four wonderful case managers here at Fleming and Curdy. They're the folks who, if there's a call after hours with our 24-hour on-call phone, will take the, those calls. We oftentimes have clients, though, who, who want to start using case management before they may need it. And what we do in those cases is trying to direct folks to other private case managers around Tucson. They're wonderful case managers in Tucson who uh, do this work privately and are not affiliated with our office, but that we have confidence in. I can tell you as an elder law attorney sitting across from you, Robert, my own family have hired case managers, not with our own practice, but out in the community who have provided tremendous assistance to our family through the years with my aging grandparents. A case manager, really what that person is doing, getting to know the individual who they will be advocating for, getting to know that person's health conditions, the foods they like, the foods they don't like, what kinds of um, bedding and clothing and necessities somebody is used to every day, getting to know that person's habits with their pets, understanding if they like live music or they can still drive. These are all really intimate personal details that a good case manager will get to know. And so having a, a home evaluation, hiring a case manager to come in once a year and meet with your parent or meet with you and your spouse or help with a disabled adult child will make all the difference so that when and if there's an emergency, that person can be contacted and they've already got a file. That That's a pretty significant uh, benefit. Well, thank you, Elizabeth. It's all good observations. I think we need to wrap this up because I need to go talk to a case manager. So, uh, hey, everybody, join us again next week. This is Elder Law Issues. I'm Robert Fleming. I'm one of the partners at the Tucson, Arizona elder law firm of Fleming and Curdy PLC. And I've been chatting with Elizabeth Noble Rawlings Freeman, one of the other partners. We hope you will join us for our next chat next week. Thanks.